Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Starting out in chapter three, and you can follow along in a Bible or in in YouVersion app or on the screens, we got it all for you. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where... Set your hearts on where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So we are meant to actually focus on what God has set out for us, his truth and his life for us. We died. So baptism is is a sign of saying, I am dying to my old self, and now I want a new life with Christ. So our first couple chapters, we're talking about who am I in Christ? And when we get to chapter three, now it's like, How do I live this out? How do I live as a follower of Christ? And just to give you a bit of a disclaimer, whenever you start to get into the nitty gritty of do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that, remember God wants your heart. Remember he wants heart transformation. And he also is a God full of grace. He loves you so desperately, and that's why he calls you to a holy life. He calls you to live in a new kind of way because he wants what's best for you. He is a good father. That's why he gives us boundaries. That's why he creates this this ideal. This is the new reality living. That's what Paul is spelling out for us. And you know what, Paul? He was in was a fallible human. This is the infallible word of God. It's perfect. But the fallible human Paul wrote these words through the perfect words of the Holy Spirit. He was an imperfect man, but he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, obedient, and he wrote them down. But we also have to know that Paul, he was the worst of the worst. He was killing people. Most of you, I assume all of you, haven't killed anyone. But he killed people. I don't know. You know, we're, we, we're all about, you know, Jesus is God of grace. He will forgive anything. And that's what I'm going to say is that there is nothing beyond redemption. Paul was redeemed, set free, lived out this crazy calling of God on his life. And he was the worst of the worst. So in your mind, if you're like, either it's, oh, that person can't ever get there or can't ever change. Give that person a break and know that Jesus is a, is a transforming God. And if you are that person that you feel like can never change, remember again, Jesus can redeem anything. And we are hidden with Christ in God. That means because of what Christ did on the cross, and this might sound weird, but his blood actually covers us so that we can approach a perfect God with confidence, knowing that we are covered in Christ because we are hidden with Christ. That's what he's done for us on our behalf. It is so good. We are able to, here's my little, that's what this is for, put off old, I try and keep it simple, so that through the week, put off old, put on new. This is like early reader stuff, guys. Dog, cat, run, jump. It's put, oh, shoot. Oh, no. 
no, 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 no. I worked, so, you guys, okay. Put off old. Put on new. See, the baby's crying. See, the baby feels bad for me. There, okay. Thank you, thank you, love you. Put off old, put on new. That's what we gotta do, sounds easy. It's a simple, simple set of words, six words actually, but it's more difficult and we've all experienced the difficult. So this is my old coat. Well, it's my dad's actually, as you can tell, it doesn't really fit me, but it's old and it smells like it's been, you know, working on the bottom of a garage, which it probably has, yes, I'm sure. Done a lot of work in this coat. But this is the old coat, and this is what we wear because of that sinful nature. So what are we meant to do with this, this earthly nature? It says, put to death. Oh, goodness, how do I kill it? Well, we talk a lot about spiritual practices in this house. We talk about, about prayer or fasting or meditation or Sabbath or silence and solitude, and that's how we counteract the greed in us, the desire for more, the desire to, to be fulfilled with pleasures of the world, we actually put to death those things by our daily habits, our daily practices. And is it easy? Mm-mm. No, it's not easy all the time, but it's what God calls us to remember. He says, therefore, what belongs to your earthly nature, that's what we need to get rid of. And this is a list. Like I said, remember when you hear the list, you hear the grace and the mercy of Jesus that covers and redeems everything. That's what you're doing, right? Okay, good. Okay, so sexual immorality. Now this is actually the Greek word porneia and it actually includes all sexual sins that, that relate to unmarried or married people. And so it, it does, this is, this is, this all-encompassing word means things like pornography, like practicing these things. And just so you know, if pornography is a hard thing for you, it, you need accountability, you need counseling, you need people around you. And if you are a person who advocates for human trafficking, that feeds into the, that arena. So if you need motivation to quit, that's why. Let's save the lives of people by destroying that industry completely. It's a sad part of our earthly nature that needs to be dead. It, that old coat. There's also things like, like adultery, you know, sleeping with someone who is not your spouse. Fornication, that means having sex with someone who you are not married to. Now, I know that that is a regular practice in our society, but God is saying, that separates you from me and I love you so much. So can you just say that this is your old way of living? You said you were gonna die to yourself. This is something I need you to work out through, again, a community, getting around people who can encourage you in doing this life differently, getting rid of that old coat and killing that habit because I want what's best for you. God wants what's best for you. Just having that accountability. Homosexuality, incest. There's so many things in that word that Paul 
again, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is wanting to communicate not, to, not just to this church in Colossae in, in you know, um, AD 64. It's, it's actually for us today. That's why we have it and it's a living and active word because we need to live by this truth and put this to death. It says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So the wrath of God, the God our God is actually a God of wrath, a God of justice. He is perfect perfect and holy and he cannot be with that which is unholy that is covered with the old he can't but because we are hidden in Christ we know that we can actually carry out a way of living that is impossible for any human really but because of Christ we can step into what he's called us to you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived I love that it's past tense he has a lot of faith in us but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. So if the first list you felt like, oh yeah, I got, I'm, I'm doing well, here's another one. So, and I think we're all here. We've all been here. We've all done it yesterday, today, or maybe just a minute ago. Anger. Man, why do I have to wait in line for an extra 45 minutes? I was here first. Someone caught me off, rage, you know, malice, slander. If you've ever been on social media and you've seen somebody's reputation be like, you know, marred or you drug through the mud, that's slander. So this is part of the list of the old way of doing life. Put off old, put on new. Maybe that's a reality for your social media. I don't want to have filthy language from my lips. Do not lie. Lying can be a cycle that we just get caught in. It just becomes, you know, the big fish story. It just, all of a sudden, it's this, you know, six-foot fish. And I don't even know if you measure it by feet. But anyway, um, it's an easy cycle, though, to fall into. And God calls us out of it. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off this old self with its practices, Hebrews 12, 1 says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us so if I'm going for a run I need to wear something that's lightweight that fits me perfectly you know in the message translation it says we're to put on this all-purpose garment means it goes with everything you know the person at the store that's like they'll go with everything this actually goes with everything and it's lightweight and it's meant for running this race well to being able to put off the old and now I've put on the new it says and having put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator he is our creator the one who created us does anyone believe that God created the world anyone Great, that's good in a Christian church. I'm encouraged. Does anybody know that you were created by God? Right, yes, he has created me. So therefore, he might have a clue about what I need to be able to fulfill the purpose he's put on my life. So I wanna listen to what this new and this old way of living are so that I can walk rightly before my creator in his perfect ideas and boundaries. It says, it goes on to say, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And Paul here is actually, he's, he's talking about nations that are so far that people haven't even heard of them. Like scattered, these barbarians that live just so remotely. But he's saying, it doesn't matter guys, guess what? 
wherever we gather as his church, as those who have said that I am now a new child of God, I am walking with Christ, we let go of the nationality differences, of the cultural differences, of our, of our past experiences, of our sin history, we lay it all down and we know that Christ has created a place which is his cross. And my mother always says this, the, cro- the ground at the foot of the cross is level. No matter what it looks like for you, where you've been, where you've come from, what you've done, you stand before Christ and he says you are accepted chosen, forgiven. And that's what he goes on to say. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, let that sink in. Holy and dearly loved. Because we're hidden with Christ, we can be holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves. Put it on. Put on this. This is the new. We've put off the old. Now I'm going to put on this new, which is compassion. It's kindness. It's humility. It's gentleness and patience. Oh, those are challenging on a day-to-day basis. Easy to say. It's working it out. That's always more challenging. And it goes on to say, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Even having a conversation this morning and being reminded again, to forgive as the Lord forgave me. Very simple sentence to say, but a lot harder to work out. And I don't know your story. I know the stories of some of you, and I know the stories of of great trauma or challenges or things that have happened to you. You know, my mom could come up and preach about forgiveness, I feel like, with a lot more weight than I can. I mean, I had to forgive someone for, you know, calling me stupid in the third grade, and I can get over it. I'm not saying, you know, people hurt me, but you know what I mean? Compared to someone, though, who has to actually forgive an abuser day in and day out as things come up in your everyday life. And that is not what God wants for you, but he also doesn't want you to live in bitterness. Because when we live in unforgiveness, I'm sure you've heard the quote, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It truly is because it actually becomes this weight that you carry. And because even of my mom choosing to forgive her trauma, that means I didn't have to live with it either. There is something you can break off for generations when you decide to forgive that doesn't condone or say it's okay. That's saying that Jesus has forgiven me so much and I trust him. It all comes down to trusting God created me, he knows what's best, and he's telling me to do it. I mean, you can go through secular books even and be told about what bitterness does to people emotionally, mentally, and physically. And we have to know that God has laid this out for our best and for us to follow him in his ways, to put on the new. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. We are brothers and sisters in this place. We are actually God's chosen and dearly loved ones. If you've said yes to following Jesus and saying, I wanna live out this life of following Jesus, this is your family. So we actually can link arms with the person beside us no matter what and say, because of the love of Christ that is in me, we can be 
unified. We can actually, uh, not always in agreement, but we can love one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. That means take authority over that anxiety, over depression, over that discouragement. Let his peace rule in your heart since as members of one body, one body you are called to peace and be thankful. I love that that's a full sentence and be thankful. You could also learn a lot about gratitude and thankfulness, how practicing gratitude daily actually changes the way you live and the way you act and the way you live out this life because we are called to be thankful for what we have and what he has done for us. It goes on to say, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. There's so much there. The message of Christ. You know, scripture before phone is one of our practices. It's like we need to get the message of Christ to be our first news, the good news that actually gets in us, that we dwell on so that we can not only know his way and his leading, but so that we can get to know him. We receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him better. That's what we pray. Because to know him better and our creator better means we can live in such a way that we can um, honor him with our lives and fulfill what he's called us to. And it says through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, we sing together, we gather together and actually worship God. We declare words of scripture in, in honor of God and who he is because he is our God and he is above all things. He is good and awesome and worthy of our praise. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, word or deed, how you live, it's meant to be as, as an as a offering to God, as, as a reflection of who he is. And that's why we put off the old and we put on the new because we want to be image bearers of our creator. We want to show the world how good he is in our imperfection. That's why humility was in that list, remember? Because we actually have to humble ourselves and say, man, I was wrong. And does that reflect the creator of the universe? Absolutely. Absolutely. How many people will come and say, I, I'm sorry, I did something wrong? We can be those people because, again, of what Christ has done in us. Okay, now we're jumping into instructions for the Christian household. Are you excited? Yes, there's lots of great stuff here and I encourage you through the word app there's commentaries there's there's bibles that have lots of references to other scriptures that can give you a full picture because the entirety of scripture is how we read a verse the entirety of scripture is how we read how we read each part of the bible it's the whole story so you need to hear that as we move to these instructions for the christian household and just so you know in ancient greece having having household codes was very common and and very normal and this one that Paul writes out I'll let you guess which one was like earth shattering in this time period I'll just read these four wives submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them children obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord 
Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Can you guess which one was earth shattering for that time period? That's right. Husbands, love your wives. That was what was very different and countercultural. Do you know that God calls us to live counterculturally? Counter Even this whole scripture, the first Adam in Genesis, he allowed a thief to come in and steal and actually destroy what God had created as the family and what God has created as his idea of man and woman and creating a family. That's what the first Adam did. But guess what? There was a second Adam and his name was Jesus and he came in and he's saying, this is a new reality. Just so you know, this is the way you live within this new reality. Now submission, wives, that is not subjugation. That is not like, yes, sir, yes, sir, whatever you say, sir. That is not what is being communicated here. Submission is actually an act of free will. It is a dignified act of free will to say, you know what? Because you are my husband, you are worthy of my honor and my respect. I, I want you to be part of my decisions. I want you to be a leader in our home. As I lead as well, you need to lead this family as well. There is a partnership here and a coming together. And I will at times have to defer to your decision. Oh, that, you know what? When you walk up that aisle, do you know where you meet? At an altar. Do you know what an altar's for? Sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. But we all have something to sacrifice. We have to show up. And that's what God does, right? He's refining us. He's wanting us to put off the old and put on the new. So this new reality living isn't just all woo. It's actually calling us to sacrifice. So for you, wife, that might be, again, actually bringing decisions and, and talking things through your, with your husband. And for your husband, oh man, I loved how, how um, the Through the Word app did this. And this, this is my third jacket. Oh, I'm gonna get hot now. But this is my husband's suit jacket. I don't know if you've ever been at a wedding at night and you're wearing a cute dress and your husband offers you his coat because you're cold. Is that, and is that just me? But I love it because you're just like, you just feel like cozy and also because you just ate a lot of buffet food and you're like, great, now I have a jacket? No one? Okay. But I love the feeling of the covering of the love of my husband. And that is what Christ calls us to submit to, is actually the loving leadership of a, of a godly husband. The you, husband, you are entrusted with leadership. And this is from Through the Word app, and I love the wording. You're entrusted with leadership. So you must sacrifice selfish ambition. You lead for her sake. You lead by choosing the hardest road at times for yourself and the most beneficial for her, like Jesus did for us. You know, in Ephesians, it says that the, the man, the husband lays down his life for his wife because that's what Christ did for the church and he's called to be like Christ. That is pretty huge. And, and I would say, I would venture to say that no woman would have a hard time walking in submission or partnership or coming even under at times a man who leads like that. 
often in premarital counseling, my husband and I encourage the, the, the spouses, you know, it's like, just try and outserve each other. If you can do that, you know, you'll probably stay together forever because there's, they got so much needs, you got so much needs, and so you just keep serving until you die. It's great. And you can, of course, it, there's great things in between, but marriage isn't actually just to make us happy and fulfilled. It's meant to make us holy. It's meant to refine us into the likeness of Christ. And we are all different. And I know there's strong women. I know my daughter Haley, she like lifts really heavy barbells. And she's a strong girl. And I know there's strong women who are, the thought of like even being covered by a man or like protected or it, it's like, well, I can do it myself. And that's kind of our culture. And that's been a bit of the push. But remember that this is a new reality. God doesn't, doesn't say exactly, well, this is why. It's like this is, you just obey it. And it's amazing the fruit that comes from it and the beauty that is revealed when we live out his call to this new reality. But I think it's also important to remember it says as fitting in the Lord. So this is something that, that comes under first the submission of Christ. So Christ is the one that we, at the end, submit to. If you're married to a non-believer, you submit to Christ first. If your parents are non-believers and it's like, no, we don't want you to go to church, we don't want you to read the Bible, we submit to our Heavenly Father first because it's as fitting as it is fitting in the Lord because He is our first and foremost. And I know this beautiful kingdom talk and, you know, wonderful marriage even. It's like, oh, that's awesome. I want that. I don't have that. I lost that. This person walked out. This person left. I know there's so many circumstances that have caused a lot of grief and a lot of outside of the new reality kind of living. And I'm sorry for that. I'm walking with friends right now and it grieves me because I want it for them. Just remember that Christ is your first and foremost love and he will always be your first fulfiller. And it even says your first husband, but if you're a guy, that doesn't work. But he will fulfill the love in your heart that you need and restore that which was lost. There's, at the very end, it talks about slaves obeying your earthly masters. And I just want to tell you that Paul is not condoning slavery. He's just speaking to people exactly where they are. It's like playing freeze dance. And you're right here. So I'm going to tell you right where you're at. You can actually honor God with your life. Wherever, whatever circumstance. You know, you got a bad boss. You got a bad relationship. Wherever it is, wherever you find yourself, remember that you can live in this new reality because Christ has hidden you with him. Jesus is who changes us internally, who transforms our heart so that we can put off the old and put on the new. We need a resurrection. And today maybe it's one habit or one thought or one way of doing things, one thing. Let's make this you know, good for us humans to work out. And I'll have you stand to your feet and we're gonna pray together, but I encourage you to think of that one thing that maybe you can be working through in your heart or outwardly that no one knows is going on or inwardly that no one knows is going on that you can start to establish a new way of thinking. 
I just want to pray over you right now. I just invite you to close your eyes, and we're just going to pray for this new reality. Jesus, thank you that you see us, oh God. We are not hidden from you, but we can be hidden in you because of what Jesus has done. We want to choose today, God, to live that new life in you. Today, to decide with these brothers and sisters of faith that we can get rid of that sinful desire that is trapping us or that secret sin, God, or the, even the sin that's so, I find pleasure in God, but I hate to do it. Help us, God, to take that one step of turning towards your new way of living, that new life. Help me to live in true freedom within this beautiful order and boundaries you have given me. God, right now, I just, I believe that there are people in this room that need to submit again to you. They need to submit to your plan for marriage, for men in this room to lead their families, to love you and serve one another, for women in this room to sacrifice the last word and trust you to honor and respect her husband. God, there are so many details of our lives that seem so challenging to us but remind us again of the spirit deposited in us that empowers us to lift that heavy old way, to get rid of it and put on all that you have for us, that well-fitted, all-purpose garment, Jesus. We just thank you. And I wanna just give you an opportunity in these last minute we have got to just submit your life to Jesus. You know, that old way. And Monica talked about the cucumber and the pickle. You'll have to listen to that message. But when a cucumber becomes a pickle, it can't be back into a cucumber. And we want to be pickles. We want to be fully transformed, living out the new way. And a pickle, you know, like my husband's like, hallelujah, pickles are amazing. Cucumbers are disgusting. So don't change back. Let's just eat the pickles. Be the pickle because God wants you to be fully transformed, walking in what he's called you to. And so, and if you have not yet said yes to following Jesus and his transforming work that he can only do, it's your time. This is your moment, the moment you've been waiting for. We're gonna all say this prayer together. Just repeat after me, Jesus, I come before you. I know you know me inside and out everything about me and you love me you created me and you want a relationship with me forgive me for wanting to lead my own life I want you to be my leader my Lord forever thank you for a new way to live thank you for making me new right now. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.